Today is the 8th of February, 2017, and today is the opening day of the second Metta Meditation Retreat. We will open this second retreat with the recitation of the homage, the Namotasa, reciting it three times in Pali. And after that, we will take the nine precepts. And after that, Sayadaw will explain how to develop loving-kindness. And after that, Arya Aryanyani and Doviranyani will also address some words to you. So now let's start and open this retreat with the Namotasa three times. Tasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambodasa Namotasa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambodasa Namo Tassa Bhagavato Arahato Sama Sambodasa And now we will take the nine precepts. Please repeat. Bhutang Saranang Gachami Dhammang Saranang Gachami Sangang Saranang Gachami Dutiyam Hi Bhutang Saranang Gachami Dutiyam pi dhammang saranang gachami Dutiyam pi sangang saranang gachami Tatiyam pi bodang saranang gachami Satiyam pi tamang saranang gachami Satiyam pi sangang saranang gachami Amapanti Panadipata viramani sikapadang samadhyami Amapanti 
Musawata Viramani Sikapatang Samadhyami Sura Miraya Machapamadatana Viramani Sikapatang Samadhyami Vikala Pochana Viramani Sikapadang Samadhyami Nacha Gita Vadita Visukhatasana Malaganda Vilepana Dharana Mandana Vipusanatana Viramani Sikapadang Samadhyami Uchasayana Mahasayana Viramani Sikapadang Samadhyami Meta Sahakatina Jita Sabawantang Lokang Paritoa Viharami Itang Misilang Makapalanyanasa Pachayo Otu Amabanti Sayadaw is very happy and very pleased that uh, 42nd Metta Meditation Retreat, you have come here, you have come from many different countries. So, if you cultivate metta, if you practice loving-kindness, this will make this world a peaceful, calm place. So now Sayadaw wants, wants to really urge you to cultivate loving-kindness, urge you to practice metta. 
And Sayadaw wants to urge you and others because with this practice one will be able to live happily and peacefully. It will make one's life peaceful. This human life is very short. The Buddha gave an example to show how short a human life is and it's the example of lightning in the dark night. And during this very short time that a lightning uh, lightens the sky or that you can see the lightning at night. So if only you could live this short moment with metta, loving kindness, it would make a big difference. It would be very beneficial. However, many people are devoid of metta and many people have anger, aversion and in this way they cause suffering to each other. So the people in many different countries they, their life is not peaceful. Their life is full of worries and problems. <coughs> so seeing this state of affairs, then people worry how it will be in the future. That's why Sayadaw wants everybody to develop loving-kindness. And those of you who have already been here, so um, continue to make an effort or be diligent in cultivating loving-kindness. So in this way, with metta, the world will become a peaceful place. (coughs) 
Metta is like water. And dosa, all forms of anger, aversion, is like a fire. Nowadays, the fires of dosa are burning around the world. That's why we need to extinguish these fires with a lot of metta water. And uh, people who cultivate metta, loving kindness, they are like uh, the fire brigade. So now you are uh, all uh, members of the fire brigade. <laughs> so now a big fire is burning. Uh, so now uh, we need to to extinguish this fire. So now you could see yourself as uh, members of the fire brigade, uh, a worldwide fire brigade, and your work, your duty is to extinguish all the dosa fires that are burning around the world. So you need a lot of metta water to extinguish these fires. Sayadaw now will explain the nature of metta and then also explain how to cultivate loving-kindness. The meditators who have been here for the first Metta meditation retreat, if you do not like to listen to what Sayadaw is going to say now, talking about the nature of Metta and giving some instructions, so if you do not like to listen to it, you could get up and practice walking meditation outside. Because during the first meta, meta retreat, we have already talked about the nature of meta. You have already received the instructions on how to practice meta. However, if you want to listen, um, or if you want to listen to it again to, in order to understand it better, to more deeply understand it, of course, 
you can stay. First of all, Sayadaw will talk about the nature of metta. What we call metta, loving kindness, is the wish for the welfare and happiness of all living beings. The nature of metta wants that living beings are happy, that they have enough to eat. The nature of metta wants that every living being has appropriate clothing to wear. The nature of metta wants that every living being has an appropriate place to stay an appropriate place to live, to live happily. Metta wants that living beings are happy in both body and mind. It wishes that living beings be free from dangers and harm. Metta wishes that all living beings um, can live happily, that all their needs are taken care of. Metta also wishes that living beings be free from the dangers of the lower realms. It wishes that living beings are free from the dangers of aging, of sickness, of death. It wishes that living beings um, become fully liberated, become free from any kind of existence. And what we call metta meditation or cultivating loving kindness means to strengthen, to develop, to cultivate this wish in ourselves, in our heart and mind, to cultivate this wish repeatedly in ourselves. And when we repeatedly cultivate this metta-wish, we should do it in our own native language, a language that we understand very well, that we are familiar with. 
For example, if my native language is uh, Burmese, if I speak Burmese, then I do the cultivation of metta in Burmese. Or if I understand, if I know very well Pali, then I can do the cultivation in Pali. Or if I uh, know very well English, then I do the cultivation of metta in English. Because only when we do the cultivation of loving kindness in a language that we understand well, that we are very familiar with, only then will the mind be interested will the mind be interested in this practice. If we do the cultivation of metta in a language we do not understand, if we do not understand the meaning of these words, then the mind gets not really interested in it. Another point is that when we cultivate metta, with a metta wish, then this metta phrase should not be long. It should be a, a, quite a short phrase or wish. So as much as we can, we should shorten our wish, our phrase. And the reason why it is better to have a short metaphrase is that with a short phrase, we, our concentration, our meta-based concentration will develop quickly. If we use many words, if our phrase is long, then it will take quite a long time to develop our meta-based concentration. And another point is, when we develop meta, loving kindness, we should do it diligently, we should, not do, we should not do it superficially, lightly. If we do the cultivation of metta in a superficial way, lightly, then again it will take a long time to develop concentration. Metta, 
only when we do the cultivation of metta diligently and in a focused way will our uh, concentration develop quickly. If we do the cultivation of loving-kindness in a superficial way, lightly, then uh, sleepiness may creep in, or we may become bored, or many thoughts will arise. And again, in this way, the metta-based concentration will a long time to, to, uh, to develop. Another point is that when we cultivate loving-kindness for another person who is the object of our metta meditation, then we should really have this heartfelt wish for this person's good health, for the person's happiness and peace. It is very important that our wish for the other person's good health and happiness is really strong. Another point to be careful of, when we cultivate metta for another person, it is not important that we have a mental image of this person in our mind. It's not important that we try to create a mental image of this person in our mind. In the scriptures, it is nowhere mentioned that with the practice of metta meditation, one should try to create an image, a mental image of the person who is the object of our metta meditation. But what is said in the scriptures is that we should direct our mind or incline our mind towards the person who is the object of our metta meditation. Sometimes in our metta meditation practice it happens that a mental image of 
the person who is the object of our mental meditation, that a mental image of this person appears in our mind spontaneously. That can happen, and sometimes there is no mental image of this person. But as Sayadaw has uh, already said, it is not important to create a mental image of this person in our mind. What is important and what is the main point of this practice is to cultivate, to develop this sincere and heartfelt wish for the other person's um, health, good health and happiness. Um, based on his own personal experience, Sayadaw has encountered that when his metaphrases were long, using many words, or when he tried to bring up a mental image of the person, that the power of the metta got weaker, or sometimes that the metta uh, altogether disappeared in his heart and mind. In the practice of metta meditation, it's not about just reciting these words, of repeating these words. It's also not about creating a mental image of the person who is the object of our metta meditation, but it's about to develop and strengthen this quality of the heart and mind, to cultivate this quality of loving-kindness, of friendliness, of benevolence, repeatedly in our mind, like one moment, uh, one mind moment, and then creating it the next mind moment, and cultivating it the next mind moment. So one mind moment after the other to cultivate this uh, quality of the heart and mind. It's about... uh, So, Sayadaw started to practice metta meditation because he was really interested in this practice and uh, at the beginning he, he tried to bring up a mental image of the person in his mind uh, 
And so because he heard from others, one should create this mental image. So he tried very hard to create the mental image of the person. But um, this only uh, caused headaches to appear, and he uh, started to feel dizzy. So he got headaches and dizziness because trying very hard to imagine living beings he has never seen. For example, trying to imagine devas, trying to imagine brahmas, or trying to imagine people living in other countries, living beings he has never uh, seen or met before. So let's say if it were necessary to have a mental image of the metta meditation object, so then it would not be possible to cultivate metta for the devas. So you as meditators, if you were told to develop metta uh, for the devas, have you ever seen a deva? So if you have seen a deva, how does a deva look like? So that's why in the practice of metta meditation it's not important to create a mental image. It's not the main point. What is important and what is the main point of this practice is to strengthen this quality of loving kindness in one's own heart and mind. And it's important to cultivate um, the quality of metta, of loving kindness, in ourselves uh, repeatedly so that it becomes uh, continuous. When we practice metta meditation, the most important thing is to cultivate, to develop this strong wish that the other person be healthy, happy, and peaceful.
And when we practice uh, metta meditation, then we should start with a person of the same sex. This is, this is especially important at the beginning of the practice. Later on in the practice, when the quality of metta, loving-kindness, has become quite strong and powerful, then one can easily cultivate metta for any person of any sex, be it the same sex or of different sex. If metta meditators at the beginning of the practice use a person of the opposite sex, then it may happen that instead of metta there arises lust and craving or attachment. And later on in the practice, when the quality of metta, loving-kindness, has become really strong and powerful, then uh, cultivating metta for a person of the opposite sex, it will be uh, possible without uh, falling into uh, lust or attachment or craving then one will be easily able to cultivate strong, genuine and pure metta for this person of the opposite sex. For the cultivation of metta, there are two ways of doing it. The first way of cultivating metta is to cultivate loving-kindness just for the sake of cultivating this quality of loving-kindness and to cultivate a wholesome state of mind. The second way of cultivating metta is to develop metta in order to attain the jhanas, the absorptions. So, in regards to the first way of cultivating metta, namely to cultivate metta for the sake of developing this quality of loving-kindness and to do it for the sake of cultivating 
a beneficial and wholesome quality. So this can be done, for example, by doing metta chanting. So when we do it uh, in this way, then we can do any metta chant, and we also can uh, cultivate metta for any person we wish to cultivate it for. And also doing it in this way, um, it doesn't matter so much whether our metta phrase is short or long, because it's just about to put the mind in a wholesome state and to cultivate metta for the sake of cultivating loving-kindness. However, if we want to cultivate metta in order to to attain the jhanas, the absorptions, then we should follow the different points that Sayadaw has mentioned before. So in this metta meditation retreat, Sayadaw will give the instructions so that it will be possible to attain the jhanas, the absorptions. So in the first metta retreat, there were yogis who reached the jhanas. So what we call jhana is a deep level of concentration, a level of concentration in which the mind is calm and tranquil. When through the metta meditation practice one attains a deep level of concentration and when in this deep concentration qualities like pity, rapture, joy, happiness or calmness are present, then we speak of reaching the jhana based on the metta practice. So, in this way, uh, developing metta, also for the sake of uh, attaining the jhanas, first of all, we start with developing metta for ourselves. Then, 
as a second category, we cultivate metta for a benefactor, a person we respect, or a person we venerate. So in this category of persons, we have persons that we highly um, respect uh, for their integrity or their virtue. Persons we admire because they work tirelessly for others or persons we consider to be our benefactors. or persons who are very compassionate, persons who lead a virtuous life. So uh, it's these persons whom we admire most or for whom we have the uh, biggest respect. And then as a third category, we have the so-called Dear persons, persons we feel very close to. And then the fourth category are persons we neither love nor hate, like neutral persons. And as a fifth category, we have persons we dislike, we hate, or persons we call our enemies. And after that, we cultivate metta for all living beings. So first of all, we start to develop metta for ourselves. And then, next, cultivating metta for a respected person or a benefactor. In the scriptures, it is said that first of all, we should cultivate metta for ourselves. It is said we should cultivate metta for ourselves first because we should understand this deep-seated wish. So we should have this compassionate attitude uh, towards ourselves as well. And also, um, every living being 
loves oneself the most or with every living being one is dearest to oneself and so that's why it um, is said it is easiest to cultivate metta for oneself because, because one is dear to oneself And so that's why when Sayadaw teaches a metta meditation retreat, he instructs the meditators to first of all cultivate metta for themselves. So usually he started to give this instruction in his metta meditation retreats, but then, you know, if people had to develop metta for oneself for a whole day, in the interviews some meditators then said, it's impossible to develop metta for myself, I cannot do it. He asked why, and they said, because I hate myself. So, although the Buddha said one is dearest to oneself, but it seems there are people uh, who hate themselves. So, uh, among the yogis, meditators here, are there such meditators here? And because Sayadaw has encountered such meditators who hate themselves, that's why he gives now the instruction that first one should develop metta for oneself, but then in the second half of a sit, one should cultivate metta for a benefactor or respected person. So, so, for example, if one sits for one hour, then for the first half hour, one should develop metta for oneself, and in the second half hour, one should develop metta for a respected person or a benefactor. Uh, 
And then one should see for which of these two persons uh, the metta meditation goes better, for which person one can better cultivate loving kindness. If one can better cultivate loving kindness for oneself, in this case, one should then spend more time or a lot of time for cultivating metta for oneself. However, if it, if it is easier to cultivate metta for the respected person or the benefactor, then one should spend more time uh, on cultivating metta for the benefactor. So for tomorrow and the day after tomorrow, um, cultivate metta for yourself and for a benefactor. And likewise, in the walking meditation, let's say you walk for one hour, then for half an hour you cultivate metta for yourself, and for the second half hour you cultivate metta for the benefactor or the respected person. And then during the general activities, or if you go and walk on the forest path, then you cultivate loving-kindness for all living beings. And when you walk on the forest path, then you may also and cultivate metta for the other people you meet on walking there or for animals you see or hear or for other beings you encounter. And then so this is for the first two days, and later on, as your practice deepens, as the concentration based on the metta practice becomes deeper, then Sayada will give more instructions on how to develop metta, uh, will tell you for which kinds of persons you should cultivate metta. You have come uh, from far away. Um, your journey has been tiring. So having come all this way for uh, cultivating metta, 
So please uh, try your best in cultivating a strong and powerful metta. So may all of you, by diligently cultivating loving-kindness, may you experience happiness and peace, and may all beings experience happiness and peace. Sadhu, sadhu, sadhu. So now, Arya and Doviranyani will address a few words to you. Um, As Sayada has said, this quality of metta, loving-kindness, is something very, very important. It's very essential in our life. Something else which is very essential in our life is our breath. We breathe. We do it every day, all the time. So in regard to the breath, we do not ask ourselves, should I breathe or not? We simply do it. And likewise, with this quality of metta, loving-kindness, We should not ask ourselves, or it should not be a question of whether we should be friendly and kind or not. We simply should be friendly. We simply should be kind and benevolent. So this should be simply our, should be our mode of being to manifest metta, loving kindness, all the time. And it occurred to me that when we take this word metta, M-E-T-T-A, reading it from the back, it's atem, A-T-T-E-M. And if we take out one T, we have atem, it's a German word, Atom means breath. As I just said, as important and essential our breath is, equally important and essential is metta, atom. It's just a play with the word and the letters in this word. So if we can just live on the base of metta, it makes makes such a huge difference in our life, in our day-to-day life. When we are friendly and kind and uh, open-hearted, our day looks different. If we are upset and angry or greedy and frustrated, our day looks different. 
So even without practicing vipassana meditation, if we only would practice metta, sincerely, wholeheartedly, we would get very far on the spiritual path. And it would make such a big difference, not only in our life, but in the life of people we meet every day, of people we live with. And it definitely uh, will have an impact uh, on the world, on other living beings. And it's a nice wish, but it's good to have this um, wishes or hopes that, yeah, if only everybody in this world could live on the base of metta, it would be a different world. It would be a beautiful, peaceful world. That's all. So, as Saito said, you've all come from very far away to practice, to cultivate this beautiful quality of mind and heart that we call metta. And I don't need to go into any detail to remind you about what Saito was talking about, really, on the world is burning. The world out there is getting more and more and more full of the fires of aversion, of greed, of hatred. And so it becomes even more important that we do this practice, that we start with ourselves, that we cultivate loving kindness right here in this moment, in this life. Because we can't control what's going on in the world at large. We contribute to it, but we can't control so much of what happens. And it certainly seems now that what is happening is more, more, more many things, actually. <laughs> I don't have to go into any detail. So to start right here and right now with ourselves and with each other. And 
It can be very easy to lose heart, to fall into fear, grief, discouragement, frustration. If all it takes sometimes is to read the news in the morning. But as Saito said and Aria said, this practice of loving kindness is very, very powerful. And it's not to be underestimated, even if it doesn't feel like anything is happening inside. The kind of transformation of heart that happens makes a big, big difference. It shines brightly in the world. In the last week or so of the last retreat, we've been watching the moon as it grows from the smallest sliver hanging in the sky to what is now more and more a light, a bright light. Tonight it was getting very, very fat and very bright. And the moon outshines everything in the sky at night. And the Buddha used this beautiful image to describe the power of metta. He said something, I'm not sure if I can get it exactly right, but he said in the Itivutaka, he said, just as the moon outshines all the stars, it exceeds them in radiance and beauty. So too does one moment of metta outshine all the other mind states. So metta is luminous, it's bright. And one moment of metta has immense power. It's a great mystery, actually, how this happens, but it works. So we're here to cultivate one moment of metta and another and another. And even if we only cultivated a single moment of loving kindness on this retreat, it would be worth the entire journey and worth all your time. Also in the Itivutaka, the Buddha described the relative power of a single moment of metta as being more than all the sacrifices of the king's seers, you know, the horse sacrifice, the elephant sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice. (laughs) The Buddha described how one moment of metta exceeded this, a single moment, just like the moon outshines the stars. So if the world feels to you to be a heavy place, a difficult place, a frightening place, One moment of metta can transform the experience of whatever is happening outside. 
And if we cultivate this quality of heart, we can act and speak in the world in a much more useful and effective way. So not only does this loving kindness transform us and transform others, but it allows us to be in this world. And it allows us to act and speak in this world more effectively, more kindly, more usefully. And all it takes is a single moment. So, may we all cultivate moment after moment after moment of this beautiful quality of mind so that the world may be a much more peaceful place. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.